Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to your Saturday morning radio extravaganza with me, James Golden, Boast Nerdly here with you. If you'd like to be part of the program today, all you have to do is dial 800 848 WABC 800 848 9222. And what a week! We have had this week on the Bostonerly's Rush Hour. We were pleased to have the governor of Florida on with us, Ron DeSantis. We had a New York representative and House Leadership a Conference Chair, Elise Stefanik, on. And wow, was she, both of them, Ron DeSantis and Elise Stefanik, we had them on the same day. They lit it up. Um, we were also very pleased to have House member. Representative Chip Roy, he was in the news uh, quite a bit this week. We had him on. Yesterday, we had Earthwind and Fire's Philip Bailey on. And if you missed that show, you missed a goodie. We talked about the Earthwind and Fire days. We talked about Philip's new uh, venture. It's not new. It's actually a 10-year-old venture, a foundation to help people that are coming out of foster, uh, foster families and to transition into becoming adults, they are having um, a ticket giveaway. Earth, Wind & Fire is playing with Santana, and they're having a ticket giveaway. We covered all of that, too. And the politics of, of course, the day. So much in politics. So it's been a a great week so far. Today, of course, more news. Today, Princess Di joins us. Princess Di joined us yesterday. She's back from her royal excursions. We always look forward to hearing that very clear, unique political analysis from Princess Di. We in the tri-state area, it is time to brace yourselves. You have been praying, some of you, for the return of summer. Well, today it's here. The tri-state area is warned to brace for record-breaking 100-degree weather. A heat wave, baby. And, you know, last Saturday we had Michelle Bachman on, and I, I just saw Susan has called in, and we're going to talk with Susan later, um, the, over this WHO story. And that thing has now become a breaking news story in many quarters. It is being uh, finally covered a lot. And so we will talk about that again today, too. And Michelle has been sending me, Michelle Bachman, some other information I wanted to book her on this week. It was just such a crazy busy week that I didn't schedule that. So we'll schedule that soon and have her on with us for a length of time so she can go through that. And some of the other things, Michelle Bachman, again, every Republican woman, whether it's Elise Stefanik, whether it was Sarah Palin back in the day, whether it was Michelle Bachman and so many other Republican women, as soon as they speak up, they are vilified in the mainstream press, but they are always impressive personalities in their own right. 
And that's just part of the landscape. When Republican women speak up, they get slammed in ways that Democrat liberal women never get attacked. Back to our heat wave. Triple figure temperatures, especially in New Jersey. If you're out in Jersey, you might hit the 100-degree mark. 90s here in the cities we're expecting, 80s and 90s, 90s today. And this is a dramatic shift, so summer is here. Now, you know there are going to be heat warnings, by the way. We all know what to do, most of us, in heat warning, in heat, in extreme heat in New York. Make sure that you have access to hydration so that you don't, especially if you are a little bit older, make sure you're hydrating properly. I say this even though I'm one of the people that probably needs to heed my own advice because I'm a big coffee drinker. Even in the heat, I'll, I'll drink coffee. And no, not iced coffee. Coffee. Hot coffee. But make sure you're hydrated. Make sure that you have access, if your air conditioner's not on, to some shade. Don't overexert yourself in the heat. Enjoy. Summer's back. Enjoy. For a minute, anyway. That said, we have another virus, according to Daily Mail. New Yorkers are told to mask up again, and I wonder how many of you are going to heed that warning. A local patient in New York has tested positive for the same genus virus as monkeypox. The CDC has issued an alert. WHO calls an emergency meeting because in the United States we have six cases of monkeypox In Europe, there are 100 cases of monkeypox. So here we go yet again. Charges have been dropped in New York against C-Blue. Who's C-Blue? C-Blue is another one of these rappers, these wannabe gangster thugs, who this one, his real name is Cameron Williams. 16 years old, gangbanger, rapper, stage name C-Blue. According to the New York City Law Department, he cannot be prosecuted, even though he's charged with shooting a New York City police officer during a scuffle in the Bronx. Bronx Supreme Court Justice Dennis Boyle set the up-and-coming rapper's bond at $250,000 in February. He posted it with an advance that he got from Interscope Records. One week after he made bail, C-Blue was hauled back into juvie court for violating his probation. Of course, carrying an illegal weapon, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Thug rapper goes free. Can't be prosecuted. And these are some of the reasons, when you, when you look at cases like this and others, that New Yorkers are shaking their heads and wondering what in the world has happened to our legal system. You have this rapper. He's carrying an illegal gun. All the whining and moaning that liberals do about guns, gun control, this, that, and the other. A 16-year-old with a gun, a 16-year-old thug with a gun, Hillary Clinton used to call them super predators. 
So let's, I tell you what, let's call him, let's use Hillary's language. A 16-year-old super predator with a gun, and he can't be prosecuted. New York City uh, Police Department Benevolent Association President Patrick Lynch called the decision to drop the charges against Williams absurd. This absurd decision should outrage every New Yorker who wants to get illegal guns off the street. There's no dispute. This individual was caught carrying an illegal gun for the second time. He said if perps like this face absolutely no consequences, even after shooting a cop, we have to ask, why bother sending us out to get the guns at all? Exactly right. Exactly right. And, of course, I bet this young thug, oh, I'm sorry, let's use Hillary Clinton's language, this young super predator probably still has his record deal. This is amazing. And yet, by the way, these are the same people that if you walked into the Capitol building and committed no violence on January 6th, and I'm not excusing those that did vandalize or that were engaged in violence by saying this, But if you're one of the people that walked into the Capitol building on January 6th, you didn't commit violence, you didn't commit vandalism, a lot of you are still in jail. But yet in New York City, these little super predator thug gangsters can get caught with guns twice, can shoot a police officer, shoot a police officer, and walk free. Absurd doesn't even begin to cover it. Uh, Let's see. This is a story which I think we may do a little bit more next hour. A judge has ruled that the pandemic border restrictions, that would be Title 42, have to continue. Now, there's a surge of illegal immigration at the borders. As you know, Joe Biden's open border policy And uh, our Todd Benzman, who we do on the border podcast with, has been reporting on the border of the past. I mean, this guy's amazing, his reporting. And one of the things that he's warned is if this Title 42 is lifted, we could be looking at a surge in illegal illegal immigration in America that is historic. Numbers we have never seen before. We could be looking, and within a year, of having having up to 6,400,000 illegal immigrants cross over into America. Meanwhile, this administration is preparing for them to a degree. They know that the borders will be overwhelmed, but at least they have baby formula waiting for the illegal immigrants. They have stockpiled baby formula and other goods so that they can service illegal immigrants when they come into America. Now, as for you, the American citizen who needs formula for your baby, you are S out of luck. But we've got the illegal immigrants covered. So rest assured on that front and feel better. I have not watched any of this Amber Heard, Johnny Depp business. But there was an article in the New York Times today by Jessica Bennett, who writes about gender politics and culture, 
And, of course, Amber Heard is the victim. The humiliation of Amber Heard is both modern, she says, and medieval. So perhaps we'll take a look at that column. And those of you who have been watching or care about it can weigh in. There was something yesterday that took place, a quick little line, and I just want to go to this. This was in BizPack Review this morning. Catherine Glenn Foster, president and CEO of Americans United for Life, appeared before the House Judiciary Committee on Wednesday of this week. She spoke out against the inherent violence of abortion. Miss Glenn Foster alleged in at least one locale the remains of aborted fetuses are incinerated along with other medical waste, which is then converted into energy for electricity. And in fact, that happens to keep help keep the lights on in Washington, D.C. Hmm. How Nazi-like. There's a GOP resolution that is coming in both chambers that defines woman on the basis of biological sex. Now that, who would ever think that we would get to that? But that's the point that we're at. We will cover that and more, all of it and more. And, of course, the Buffalo shooting this week, the ramifications of that, the Democrats have tried their best to make sure that this shooter is called a right-wing fanatic. They're blaming Fox News. They blame Tucker Carlson. They blame Elise Stefanik. That's one of the things that I'm outraged at what they're doing to Elise Stefanik with this. In fact, that that so-called columnist over at WAPO, um, uh, Dana Milbank, today took another swipe at Elise Stefanik and charged her with with being part of this move to um, to, to go with this <clears throat> notion, this replacement theory nonsense. And then he never really covers that. He attacks her for January 6th and doesn't even cover the thing in the headline that she supposedly has articulated this replacement theory, what she never has. I mean, these hack journalists are everywhere in the mainstream press. But they blame Tucker. They blame Fox News. In fact, old the screamer Howard Dean is out saying that Fox News is is about murder and all the rest of this nonsense, and people should boycott it. So later on, we can talk about that too. This whole business, the way they're trying to use that narrative. Um, it was either American Wire News or BizPack actually went and looked, took the time to look at the motivations where this. This 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 evil being that shot up the people in Buffalo had visited. He's not a fan of Fox News. Didn't didn't look at Tucker. He deals online, social media platforms. But yet these Democrats and liberals have their narrative that just won't quit. Anyway, eight hundred eight four eight WABC is the number to call. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 and. It's Bo Snerdley's, James Golden's Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We are coming right back, so don't you dare go away. Talk Radio 77. 
WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Martha Reeves and the Vandellas bring us back to 77 WABC. Heat wave, and that is what is expected today in New York Tri-State area. Temperatures rising to almost 100 degrees. Summer, apparently, has finally arrived. We covered this story yesterday. We can cover it again today. San Francisco... Archbishop bars Pelosi from receiving Holy Communion due to abortion support. Pelosi, just like Biden, just like so many other Democrats, claims she says she is a devout Catholic despite her abortion advocacy. San Francisco Archbishop Salvador Corleone announced Friday that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is barred from receiving Holy Communion due to her uh, pro-abortion stance. That marks an escalation and a decades-long tension between the Roman Catholic Church and liberal Democrat politicians. He has written, the Archbishop did, to Pelosi, told her she shouldn't present herself for Holy Communion at Mass and that priests will not distribute communion to her if she does present herself. As a Catholic Catholic legislator who supports procured abortion after knowing the teachings of the church, the archbishop said that uh, Nancy Pelosi is committing a manifestly grave sin. And that sin is the cause of most serious scandal to others. The catechism of the Catholic Church is unambiguous on the question of abortion, both in procuring one and in assisting in the practice. Since the first century, the Church has affirmed the moral evil of every procured abortion. The catechism says this teaching has not changed, and it remains unchangeable. Abortion is called, in this, an abominable crime. Haven't heard anything from Pelosi on this. I'm interested, as I was yesterday, those of you who are practicing Catholics or not, whatever. Love to get your take on this. Remember, Joe Biden came out of his meeting with the Pope saying the Pope called him a good Catholic. Well, interesting. How does that contrast to this? Now, Confession time. I like to read advice columns. I mean, I read a lot of news. I read a lot of news every single day. Almost a book. It would be the equivalent of a book every day on news. And as a diversion once in a while, especially when the news is so heavy and so depressing and so just weighing you down, if I see an advice column in the pubs that I read, I'll read it. And just it's like whatever. Now, and I've been reading advice columns since Dear Abby, 
was in the post, the original Dear Abby, Abigail Van Buren, and then her sister, and then whoever else the others wanted to be Abby likes. The Slate magazine had a funny, even though they're a total liberal, liberal publication, when Slate began, they had a very funny advice column. In fact, I think it's so popular now they only make it available on subscription. Well, the New York Times has one, a woman by the name of Roxane Gay. And I read one today. Normally, I would not even, but I'm reading it, okay? This one cracked me up. Your office? Some other guy's politics. His beliefs and desk decorations aren't really your business, even if they're in your joint place of work. And here's what the person said looking for advice. I work in a small firm, and we recently had to hire some new people. We received very few applications. One of the applicants had what seemed like a few red flags to me, including attending a conservative leadership institute and volunteering at a far-right state representative's office. No one else in the firm noticed or mentioned these during the hiring process, and we don't all have the same political view, so maybe I found these more troubling than others. Now that we've hired him, in part because we had so few options, soon after he started, he placed a large wooden cross on his desk, which I find odd and unprofessional. Recently, he bought in some photos for a bulletin board in his office, which include a picture of himself and three other men holding rifles. <laughs> I find this picture offensive and inappropriate. We do not have clients in our office, so their reaction is not a concern. As a more senior person, I am struggling with whether I should mention to this new hire, this is his first job, that he may want to think about what he displays in his office or whether I just need to let it go. In addition, his performance is lacking. So maybe this issue will resolve itself. What is the appropriate thing to do in this situation? Anonymous, Columbus, Ohio. Wow. What is the what do you think the appropriate thing is? Before I tell you what, what Ms. Gay said in response to this, what is the proper response? Well, I'll give you a hint. She pretty much told the woman to mind her business. And then there's the second column, which gets into another one. I'll do the second column maybe a little bit later. The second uh, uh, advice seeker. I, that that cracked me up. He put a wooden cross on his desk. That's odd. That's so odd and unprofessional. Netflix is canceling more 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 uh, uh, television shows or broadcast. They got rid of this week Ibram X Kendrick Kendi's 
anti-racist baby. It's a book aimed at preschoolers. Now, if you don't know who this guy is, Kendi is a Boston University professor author. He's become a prominent voice in BLM, and he's the guy that called the Republican Party the party of white supremacists. He accused Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett of being a white colonizer who used her children from Haiti as props in 2020. All of a sudden, Netflix has decided his entries are going to be canceled. They also fired about 150 employees uh, due from, and that includes a lot of those in their animation department. According to Netflix, the firings were a creative decision, creative, and not financially motivated, which is interesting. Maybe, maybe some people at Netflix is figuring out since they've lost all these subscribers, 200,000 alone in the first quarter of 2022, maybe it's time to stop being so woke and actually start making things that don't accuse half the country of being racist, bigot swines. Maybe. I think there may be a glimmer of hope at Netflix. These are, this is the company that also issued a memo telling its employees, listen, this is after all the crap about Dave Chappelle over there, where their employees were having you know, their panties in a wad over Dave Chappelle's last year, which, which does extremely well for Netflix, by the way. So Netflix sent out a memo telling their employees, listen, it's a long, long memo. But the bottom line is, you may not like some of the programming that we do here. If you don't, why don't you leave? We don't care whether you like it or not. We do a broad range of programming. If you're going to go political on us, maybe this company's not the right fit for you. I wonder if this is a watershed moment in the entertainment, the woke entertainment industry. James Golden, Snurdly, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. It's our Saturday morning. Radio extravaganza coming back right after this. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. politics and so much more a true connection to real new york on 77 wabc wabc now this is a disco era huge hit burn baby burn on wabc talk radio 77 as we begin summer 100-degree temperatures today expected in New Jersey, in the tri-state area in the 90s, up to 100 degrees. Please keep yourself hydrated. Please keep yourself in close proximity to some air conditioning. Might be a good day to hang out at the mall. It's going to be hot, hot, hot. 
some of the other stories this week, you may be following Hillary Clinton's interesting little saga. This is the Sussman trial. Former Clinton campaign manager Robbie Mook testified yesterday that Hillary Clinton herself approved the dissemination of materials alleging covert communications between the Trump organization and Russia's Alpha Bank. Now, this is part of this whole Russia hoax. And finally, not from some outsider, not from some right-winger, from inside the Hillary Clinton campaign, her campaign manager says, yeah, she's the one who approved it. Now, what do you expect will happen with this? What do you expect now that we know Hillary's in, a little bit of Hillary Clinton's involvement? This is only just beginning to unravel publicly. But we all knew anyway. I mean, how many days did Rush spend breaking this thing down? And talking about well, not just Hillary, but, but James Clapper, the role of the FBI, the DOJ, This whole thing was a farce to begin with. It was an attempted coup on the president of the United States, the then president, Donald J. Trump. And Hillary was involved. She's up to her eyeballs in this. Of course, Hillary Clinton has a history of being up to her eyeballs in all sorts of unethical shenanigans. And in some cases, some of us would say unlawful shenanigans. Like, for instance, using servers at her house for government work, which is clearly illegal. Anyone else would be in jail. But no, 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 that's when you get the FBI coming in. Well, she didn't mean it. Which is a hell of an excuse for a supposed lawyer who's one of the smartest, supposedly one of the smartest women in the country or one of the smartest women who ever lived. She didn't mean it. Now, I am skeptical, just to be totally frank and candid with you, I don't expect anything's going to happen to Hillary Clinton, because nothing ever does. I think that the Clintons and the Obama have so permeated the bureaucracies of this country, including the judicial branch, and the executive branch with so many political hacks that she's almost assured that nothing will ever blow back to her successfully. Whether it's the millions and millions of dollars that they scraped into the Clinton Foundation, which has never been audited. Thank you, Letitia James. Thank you, uh, the, the AGs before her. They can go after Donald Trump and his family with no evidence of anything. But here we have what is known. I mean, Peter Schweitzer's book was a roadmap to what was going on at the Clinton Foundation, and yet nothing. And this goes all the way back. You can go all the way back to Whitewater. You can go all the way back to the White House travel office, the pretty in pink press conference where she's denying these billing records are in, and, and, the, and all of a sudden billing records that were in question and wanted in legal case shows up in the White House. Nothing ever happens to Hillary Clinton. And that was from the Rose Law Firm, her law firm, back when she was in Arkansas. 
But Hillary Clinton has walked away from every single scandal that there is. We will never know the truth if liberals have their way of what happened to and in Benghazi, including the lies, the lies that Benghazi was caused by some little videographer's video that went wild viral on YouTube. And that's what the administration pushed out instead of the truth of what was behind Benghazi. And I know a lot of this stuff seems, oh, you people, you're on, oh, here we go again with that stuff. But his, <clears throat> Hillary Clinton, ever since she became a public national figure, has been involved in scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal, and nothing ever Ever. I mean, they called John Gotti the Teflon Don. He's a piker compared to Hillary Clinton. He was a piker compared to Hillary Clinton. Nothing sticks to this woman. WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, with you here. Let us start on the phones. We have plenty of people waiting, and I don't want to keep you waiting all of Let's start in uh, Brooklyn, New York with Tom. Tom, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77, it's the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. What's on your mind this morning, Tom? Morning, Mo, a.k.a. James Golden. Love your shows, always. I love your perspective. It's always welcome in my book. Thank you. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a practicing Catholic. I'm more of a recovering Catholic. You know, I find it reprehensible that if anybody, that anybody, if somebody be outed Pelosi on receiving this communion, um, I, I just heard you say that this church sent her a letter telling her not to present herself yeah, the, to communion. Yes, the so archbishop who, in San Francisco did. Who, who told the media? I, I can't see Pelosi outing itself, so how did the press find out? That's an interesting question. I guess they made it public to the press, too. I mean, you know, they. this is kind of the kind of news that I don't think you can have, and I think that whatever motivated, I would guess, whatever motivated the San Francisco Archbishop's office to take to take this step. I guess I would guess, and I'm not sure, but my guess is they do have a media affairs office, and so as a normal function, they would let the the public know what steps have been taken. She is a highly public figure, and she has used her fame as a legislator to rail against church teachings for ages, while yet calling herself a devout Catholic. So I guess I would hope that maybe the archbishop's office let it be known. We have taken action. Sorry, maybe I'm thinking of it this, and that's a good dialogue to think about. All right. Uh, I just thought it would be confidential. That information to me would be confidential, you know, the church. Between well, her and I, church well, you know? No, I don't think so, because when you go out and you publicly position yourself against the church, when you publicly say pretty much, look, the church is wrong, I don't think the church has any obligation to keep their uh, to keep their disciplinary action, as it were, private. She's the one that took it to the church. She made very public that she disagrees with church philosophy and with the church's teachings. And she's made that a hallmark of her political career, not just nationally, but this is Remember, Nancy Pelosi is an international figure because of her high profile as the Speaker of the House in America. So I would think that the church would want it known. No, we're not going to stand for this. I'm surprised that it took this long, frankly, Tom. 
He just gave me some mm. things to think about. I do have another another point to, on something else. How does a teenager with a gun not get indicted for possession the first time? And worse off, that he, he had another gun, another situation, and shoots a cop. Why isn't this guy in jail for, for attempted murder? I mean, it's a violent crime. Okay, you raise an interesting question. Number one, you would expect that if a teenager shot a cop, the first thing they would say is, we're going to try him as an adult. They have that. He doesn't have to be tried as a juvie. Um, the second thing is, out on bail already, $250,000 bail, then he commits another infraction. Why wasn't he immediately thrown back into jail with no bail? And then finally we're told, oh, doesn't matter. He had a gun illegally, and he's going to be let off. And you know what? No, we can't prosecute him. So this is this little thug, gangster wannabe, sea blue, 16 years old. And what we're being told is, nope, he's not worthy of jail time, not worthy of punishment. This is the Andrew Bragg philosophy. This is the Governor Hochul philosophy. Let the criminals out because we can't punish them. Poor little thing came from a bad background. He's impoverished. He's poor. He shouldn't be able to be held in jail because it's unfair. We want equity. We, we, we have to support diversity among the criminal class. This is what you get from liberalism. It is entirely absurd. And everyone sees that it's entirely absurd. And yet, these liberals that run the judicial system in New York will do nothing to stop this absurdity. It is a disgrace. And I tell you what, for everybody else that doesn't catch these kind of breaks and the thrown into jail for minor things, they should be outraged. Tom, thank you for the call. Appreciate it so much. Let us go to Hamburg, New Jersey. Bill, you are on with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Tom? How are you, Bill? I'm good, Bill. I'm good. Thank you very much. You know, I, I just wanted to mention uh, this abortion thing and how much of uh, a contradiction it is to uh, the, any anyone who is a Catholic knows that this is truly um, against the grain of any Catholic, and no Catholic that believes it, that it's right uh, can never be able to call themselves a Catholic. Um, it's, you know, uh, it's women are just not afraid. Now, this is a broad statement, but they're not afraid of having a bad reputation anymore. Um, the, the, it, it's just so uh, wrong for someone to jump up and say, you know, I know my rights, I know my rights, but I don't know my shame. And there's no shame. There's no uh, uh, problem of, uh, you know, really realizing what a woman is doing. They know their rights. They know their rights. And every politician wants to jump up and say, you're right. You have to stand up for your rights. If you want to murder your baby, you can go ahead and do that. And I'll tell you one thing. The, uh, Planned Parenthood is putting a big smile on the devil's face because this is hideous. And the insolence that's going on is just Schumer, Jerry Nadler, Pelosi, our so-called, to me, you know what? We don't have a president right now. Um, There's just a big void there because this guy 
My opinion is brain dead. He does absolutely nothing, and he stole the damn election, and I could go on and on with my anger and frustration, but um, Okay, so Bill, let me just comment on one thing. Okay, so first of all, I hear every word you said. Secondly, I understand your anger and frustration. Let me, however, give you a contrasting view, Uh, Bill. You said women have no shame. This is not just a women issue. Women don't get pregnant by themselves, okay? Men also participate. And so we in society tend to look at all of this and say the women, the women, the women, the women. This is not just women. When two people get together to do the grown-up, it's two people. It's the man and the woman. And if neither one of them wants to be responsible, okay, we do have birth control. We have all sorts of things that are available to so that a person, a woman, doesn't become pregnant in the first place. But even if she is pregnant and has become pregnant, there's also a male. And what is his role in all of this? See, one of the things that I don't want to do, I don't want to get into the idea that we, you say women have no shame right now. The shame is gone. You're right. Back when we came up, there was something attached to it. If you were, quote, unquote, an out-of-wedlock mother. There was a certain amount of shame that was put on that. And sadly, a lot of that shame was then extended to the baby. But so now you have, contrast that, you have Letitia, the Attorney General of New York, Letitia, what's her face, James Sandy, she walked into proud parenthood, to Planned Parenthood proudly. She proudly walked in to go get her abortion. This woman is the Attorney General. You have others saying how proud they are to be affiliated. This abortion doctor from Alabama that we had uh, that we had the soundbite from the other day with Chip Roy. Guys, if we have that soundbite still, the, the the abortion doctor from Chip Roy, we'll play it when we get back from the break. So there is a different attitude among women, certain women. But again, I'm going to remind everybody, there are two people that make this happen. And being a person that was an irresponsible male myself in my 20s and 30s, I can tell you that that if you are, males should not be allowed to escape this equation. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back. More of your calls. We've got some audio, too, that we're going to intersperse with our program today and your telephone call. So don't go, don't go away. Coming right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77. Is a burning thing. Johnny Cash. And it makes a fiery ring. Brings us back here on our Saturday morning. Bound by wild desire. If you want to be part of the radio extravaganza here. I fell into a ring of fire. 800-848-9222. burning ring of fire. I went down, down, down. And the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. 
ring of fire, the ring of fire. Remember, 100 degrees, that is what is forecast for New Jersey. 90 degrees in New York. This is going to be a hot weekend. If you know somebody that is elderly, especially if they don't have their air conditioning working, you may want to stop in, make sure they're doing okay, make sure their space, their living space is well ventilated, make sure they're hydrated. It's a heat wave. So we go from cold weather a week ago, two weeks ago, where everybody's got their, some people, winter jackets on. And right now, today, 100 degrees in New Jersey, maybe upper 80s, 90s, upper 90s in most of New York's area. Yeah, baby. Heat wave. All right, we have those cuts, and I want to play them. We have one cut from Chip Roy. This is what I was talking about. We, you talk about shame. This isn't a quote-unquote abort. This is a doctor. Now, remember, a doctor's oath, the Hippocratic oath, do no harm. Listen to this exchange that Chip Roy had testimony this week. We had Chip on the show, Representative Chip Roy from Texas, earlier this week. Listen to this exchange. Go. Question. When is the latest that you have performed an abortion in terms of weeks uh, of the uh, unborn child? Yes, my name is Dr. Robinson, and I provide abortion care in Alabama. So Alabama has... What is the answer to the question, the latest that you have performed an abortion? I'm going to answer your question. So unfortunately, my state is one of those states that has passed um, restrictions or bans on abortion care, which limits physicians like myself. And therefore, in other words, you'd like to do it later. What is the latest you have performed an abortion? So since I will always follow the law and I live in the state of Alabama, I provide abortion care up until 20 weeks gestational age. Okay, so you performed an abortion at 20 weeks. Yes, sir. Uh, The procedure for an abortion, when we're talking about at 20 weeks, as I understand it, is dilation and extraction. Have have you um, performed abortions at that stage? And in in doing so, have you uh, had baby parts that you've had to uh, discard or store in some capacity? One of the things that you all have done Legs, throughout, arms, this, throughout this hearing is just use inflammatory language. Inflammatory, no, it's a, no, it's a question. Ma'am, ma'am, provide. it's a simple question. Have you had human parts, baby parts, arms, legs, as a result of an abortion performed at the time you just acknowledged you performed abortion? I am abortions a physician and a proud abortion provider. There is okay. nothing that you can say yeah, yes or makes, no. makes it difficult have, for me ma'am? to talk about the care that I provide. Right. So have me. there been baby parts, yes or no? If you would like for me to talk and to where you have, about And where and how have they been stored? abortion for patients who need care. So the answer to the question is fairly obvious. Age, I'm happy that there are baby parts and you don't want to talk about how they're being stored. You don't want to talk about putting them in freezers. You don't want to put them in, talk about putting them in Pyrex dishes. You want to talk about the videos that we have from Planned Parenthood Coast, uh, uh, Gulf Coast in Houston, Texas. You don't want to talk about the reality the of what actually happened. has expired. If you don't mind me answering, all of those things that you just mentioned, I have never seen that in a healthcare setting ever. We don't put baby parts in freezers or Pyrex dishes. Uh, they do in some Planned Parenthood locations. We've seen the video of it. Now, this 20 weeks business, just stop and think about that, folks. That's five months old. There are preemies that are born at five months old who go on to live full lives. I'm just saying. Okay, so when she says 20 weeks, that's a beautiful way of staying up to five months. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do this with a baby that's up to five months old. 
Now, we have seen, and I'm sorry that this may upset, that some of the language there may upset you about baby parts. That is really difficult to hear, and I understand that. But this is what happens in Planned Parenthood. We have seen the videos of it. And not only are there videos of it, there are videos of Planned Parenthood employees laughing about it. Okay, let us turn to another. This is was a woman on the street, man on the street interview. This story was covered in BizPack Review. And this is just a man, woman on the street interview. This is actually a conversation between two women, one a reporter and the other a abortion activist. Go. Do you believe in abortion after birth? Would you, would you support that? I believe in whatever the woman wants to choose to do. That's her choice. At any point of the child's life? At any point of the lady's life, that's her choice. To kill another person's body? It's going to always be her choice. Even after the baby's born? It's always her choice. So if they're two years old? It's always her choice. I can kill my two-year-old? It's a woman's right to choose. To kill their child at any point? It's a woman's right to choose. Yeah. Up to two years old. It's Do me a favor, play that again. One more time. Go. Do you believe in abortion after birth? Would you, would you support that? I believe in whatever the woman wants to choose to do, that's her choice. At any point of the child's life? At any point of the lady's life, that's her choice. To kill another person's body? It's going to always be her choice. Even after the baby's born? It's always her choice. So if they're two years old? It's always her choice. I can kill my two-year-old. It's a woman's right to choose. To kill their child at any point. It's a woman's right to choose. Okay. Telephones, Anthony, Bronx, New York. Welcome, you're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Sterling, here on WABC Talk Radio 77. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Anthony? I'm fine. Good morning. How are you? Good. I called a, a month, a few months ago about Ukraine and about the U.N.'s disinvolvement in Ukraine. I don't know if you remember me, but I wanted to throw something out there for the listeners to consider. What is the biggest cause of black death in this country would be black-on-black crime, correct? No. The biggest cause okay. of death... And the black community is what is happening in Planned Parenthood centers all around the world. These are human people. And the number one abortion rate in what is happening inside the wombs of black women, these are not their bodies. These are other people's bodies. And the genocide that's taking place is the biggest cause of death. After that, the biggest cause of death for especially male blacks, is in homicides committed by other black men, especially between the ages of 18 and 24. Go for it. What, you, you, you proved the point. Six percent of the babies born in this country are from African-Americans. Yet 30 percent of the abortions in this country are of African-Americans. So the Democrats are doing their best to help a black genocide in this country. That was my point. Well, thank you, Anthony. It's a good point. I've Look, 
it causes look the 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 person that you heard we can kill a child up to two years old that was a black woman okay this alabama doctor who probably says that she's a proud abortion provider that goes in and takes children five months old and destroys them she's a black woman Letitia brown new york's attorney james Letitia james who probably says she proudly walked into planned parenthood to have her abortion she's a black woman now, I'm not here ragging on black women, just so you know. I'm not here to rag on black women. There are plenty of reasons that women get abortions. I am not about trying to <clears throat> shame the people that have made those decisions. I just want to talk about it factually. Factually, the number of black abortions in this country is the highest rate among any ethnic group. That's just a fact. Planned Parenthood was created by a eugenicist. Because they wanted to get rid of black people. They can, this Margaret Sanger considered black people inferior. That was the birthplace of Pam, Planned Parenthood. So she wanted to get rid of them. They're doing their job. Hour number one, over. James Golden, Bo Snurley here with you. A radio extravaganza. We continue hour number two right after this. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to your Saturday morning radio extravaganza. This is our number duo. We are here until 10 o'clock a.m., at which time Larry Kudlow comes in. He is such a brilliant economist, and you can discuss all things financial with Larry Kudlow. Remember to keep it here on WABC Talk Radio 77 because we are music radio on Saturday nights. Remember that. Cousin Brucey later tonight. The best of music, music radio, 77 WABC returns. The humiliation of Amber Heard is both modern and medieval. That is a column today in the New York Times from Jessica Bennett. I have not watched one iota, not one second of the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp proceedings. So I may be totally out of touch, but I found the column a little bit interesting because Ms. Bennett claims that Amber Heard is the victim here. There was a moment in the Virginia courtroom this month when the actress Amber Heard paused mid-sniffle on the stand. She was testifying about abuse. She says she suffered at the hands of her movie star ex-husband, Johnny Depp, when she wiped her nose with a tissue, then seemed to freeze as her face was illuminated by a flash, as if she were instinctively posing for a photo. It was a split second that probably would have gone unnoticed under normal circumstances, except that nothing about this trial is normal, starting with the fact that it's being broadcast live, online, like a spectator sport. So whether this was a glitch in the live stream or an actual pose or just a thing that looked to be something it wasn't, it didn't really matter because the moment was isolated and freeze-framed and shared, which meant that it was Internet real. 
had to make fake crying seem more believable, a commentator said on Instagram. So scripted, another wrote. This woman should be in jail, said another. That seems to be the public consensus as it pertains to Miss Heard, at least on social media, that everything she does is scripted, conniving, manipulative. Mr. Depp, meanwhile, seems to have so far successfully played the part of quirky, misunderstood romantic, who's wrongfully accused. While much of the circus surrounding the Depp Heard trial feels entirely of this moment, a live stream that regularly draws half a million viewers, the rhetoric around believing women, the sheer power of Mr. Mr. Depp's fans to shape the narrative, in many ways, what we are witnessing is as old as time. And what is as old as time? The fact that the women is the victim. No matter what happens, women are the victims. And that's the whole point of this article. I won't go any further into it. Blah, blah, blah. There are a lot of people who think that. Now, I haven't watched the trial. I don't know whether it's coming off like that or not. But this goes to exactly what a lot of people don't want to hear about everything surrounding this gender debate between men, women, abortion, blah, blah, blah. At the risk of sounding terribly old, let me just go back to some of the things that I was taught and that were shared teachings while we and many of our generation, those of you who are in the generation that I am, what what were we taught? Well, for one thing, my mother told me repeatedly, don't go out hurting girls. You have a sister. You have a mother. You should be very careful what you do with girls and don't do things that would hurt girls. Meaning, also, keep it in your pants. Okay? Um, Girls were told not to be promiscuous because if you were promiscuous, you were the one that was going to catch the flag for it should you become pregnant. Males would disappear, and as a woman, you would have to deal with whatever the responsibility was, whether that was an abortion or whether that was carrying a child to term and then having to deal with the, the child for the rest of your life. Now, that, would be, that was before a lot. there was a lot of laws that men had to pay child support if successfully prosecuted by a woman for not paying child support. That, of course, has been a change. But women were told, no promiscuity for you. You would be a hoa. And besides being a hoa, and there was a stigma attached to it, you would be the one that would suffer the worst consequences, not the males. There was also a very strong admonition against premarital sex that was taught in the churches and in the synagogues, and if you go through the history of the world in almost every religion, almost every religion, spiritual conviction or whatever, asks its followers to be chaste, to practice chastity, to practice celibacy until they get married. And then 
the purpose of sexual relationships is not so much for the pleasure, but for procreation. To which was, if you go back and you look at Christianity, what was the first commandment? Be fruitful and multiply. Right? It was about the perpetuation of the species. We have turned in our generations sexuality, and, and there has always been, if you go back and you go back and you look at Victorian times, you could go back and look at some of the Victorian underground novels that glamorize sexual behavior and promiscuity, a man and a maid. Yes, I read it uh, when I was a kid. And some of the other things. But by and large, the teachings of the society were not that. The teachings of the society were to restrain yourself, to have some self-discipline, to be responsible for your own behavior. Well, that's long gone. Right now, this is called do what you want to do with no consequence. Oh, you want to go out and screw 10,000 guys? Go ahead. You're a woman. Do it. Guys, you want to go out and become like another Wilt Chamberlain and go and say, I did 20,000 women. Go do it. No problem. Of course, we have, in the aftermath of all that, sexual diseases, sexual-related diseases, have proliferated in these generations. They're just beyond anything anyone could think of in the early parts of America's history. And there have always been those, by the way, too whether it's syphilis or gonorrhea or whatever. Anyway, the point is our attitude toward sexual behavior has so shifted to one of irresponsibility to the point, to the point that abortions have now, for some people, not for all, become a form of birth control. Oops, I did the grown-up. We didn't use protection. You know, protection's a drag. And I got pregnant. Oops, let's get rid of it so I can go back and do some more. This whole notion of responsible behavior is out of the window. And by the way, I'm not sitting here like some kind of old fogey, like uh, 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 talking down to the man. I was young and irresponsible. So I'm not saying this from a standpoint of, well, I'm one of the goody goodies and how dare you people do this? Nope, nope. I grew up in the sexual revolution age too. And by the way, male conditioning when I was growing up was get as many women as you can. I mean, look at what we grew up. We grew up in the age of madmen where James Bond, the spies, everybody, You were suave. You were a playboy. You were a lady killer, so to speak. Wow, what a term that is. I mean, some of the terms from that age, you wear wife beaters, you're a lady killer, right? All these terms that come up from there, from that age that many of us grew up in. The conditioning was, for guys, it's okay for you to be a cheat, rogue, scoundrel with women, After all, what are women? They're your playthings. It takes a lot. And that was in the mass media, by the way. That's media. That's movies. That's Hollywood. The same Hollywood that today has moved on and is telling us 
the and telling us every evil and dark, perverted thing that humanity could ever think of on display on the screens of Hollywood. And what is laughed at? What is poo-pooed? Oh, well, those nice little Hallmark stories that about, you know, it's a good life and doing the right thing and having a moral center and, and, and happy endings with families that are intact. All that stuff is considered lame. All that stuff is considered, oh, who wants to watch that garbage? That's make-believe. Make-believe has come during the right thing. The reality, according to the leftist media, is leading a life of irresponsibility, of just do what you want to do with no consequences. The media today, villains have become the good guy. There's nobody that's completely good. Why, if they're really good, then something's wrong with them. It's all a farce. At least when we were coming up, we had media that actually had a moral component to it that taught us you should strive to be a good person. You should strive, and and that was reinforced, uh, reinforced in the church or in religious institutions. You should strive to be a righteous human being. Righteous. Throw that word on somebody. They look at you like you're out of your mind. All of those things are now past. And so is it any wonder that we live in a society where you can have these women, like the three that we had before, play that cut nine again? Is it any wonder that we could have this exchange between two women in today's America? Play it. Do you believe in abortion after birth? Would you, would you support that? I believe in whatever the woman wants to choose to do, that's her choice. At any point of the child's life? At any point of the lady's life. That's her choice. To kill another person's body? It's going to always be her choice. Even after the baby's born? It's always her choice. So if they're two years old? It's always her choice. I can kill my two-year-old? It's a woman's right to choose. To kill their child at any point? It's a woman's right to choose. That is where we are, where there is absolutely no respect for the sanctity of life. Never mind that the people, every single person who advocates this is among the living. doesn't matter for that, that either. It is a strange place that we find ourselves in, ladies and gentlemen, and that is also we're finding ourselves dealing with that while we are dealing with definitions that now actually teach children that men and women aren't men and women, that men can get pregnant, that men can have abortions too. That was one of the things that Joe Biden nominee said this week in Congress. One of the things that has to happen here is that those of us who actually believe in a moral compass for and a moral compass for this nation. We cannot bend down. We cannot bend over to this stuff. We have to continue. We have to continue battling the left as they choose to make this society society we live in more and more perverted by the day. 
James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Schnurley, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77, our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back. We have a lot more calls, and we're going to start on some of them when we get back. Don't go away. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. It is on WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, today, 100 degrees, New Jersey, the 90s, the 80s in New York, all weekend long, the heat will be on. So, stay hydrated. Look in on your elderly neighbors, especially if they don't have A.C., And keep cool yourself. Let's go to Bill in Franklin, New Jersey, as we head back to the telephones briefly here on WABC. Hi, Bill. Welcome. How are you this morning? Uh, Trying to hang in there. I uh, just want to make a a point about the... her, uh, he had meetings about an hour with Pelosi and and Biden within the last couple of months. And people forget that the Pope is a priest. He might have heard their confession, and then he's bound by the seal of convention, uh, the confession not to release any information about what transpired. You know, you make a, you make a good point because people have been asking why. First of all, there have been people who question whether Joe Biden's um, recollection of the meeting with the Pope is accurate when he said the Pope called him a good Catholic. Look, I'm not going to get in, say, get in the middle of that one. I don't know. I wasn't there. But you make a good point that the Pope can't come out necessarily and say what it was about. So, Bill, thank you for that. We appreciate it. Vic, Cherry Wicks, Pennsylvania, you're welcome to WABC's Saturday morning radio extravaganza with Bo Snurdy, James Golden. How are you, Vic? Good morning, James. A couple of things. This Cardinal Cardellone from uh, San Francisco, he's he had an edict of almost a year ago stating that uh, Pelosi's view on abortion was murder, number one. So uh, it's not he's not a Johnny come lately. The second thing is that, uh, you know, uh, there's the Cardinal in Washington, D.C., he refuses to take Biden to task. Biden is equally as guilty, and he said he will continue to give him communion, number one. Number two, I've reached out to his office. I've reached out to uh, Bishop Barbera in Pennsylvania from Scranton, who took out a full-page ad when uh, when Biden became um, <clears throat> president, saying how great it was to have a son of Scranton as the president. And uh, thirdly... Uh, I reached out now to the uh, the Archbishop of uh, uh, in Delaware, and uh, you know these guys they have a, a, you know they're not saying a word. They should be saying a word, you know. And the other thing is, if Biden did go to confession, you know it's very simple. The Pope had to tell him, "Here's your penance. You have to do a penance. Your penance is that you go out and you." Uh, uh, you uh, denounce abortion as a Catholic. You come out and say you were wrong. 
But nah, none of this happens. Very sickening. Thank you. Well, Vic, let me thank you, Vic, for the call. Let me just say this. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really reluctant to get into um, the specifics of what the Pope should say or what one English should say. Let me just say this. It is abundantly clear to me, and I hope I am not offending anybody. My intention is not to offend, but to just speak factually. And so if I'm out of line when I say this, I expect that some of you will call and push back on it. But my observations as a non-Catholic, who, by the way, enjoys going to Mass every now and then, I have with some friends. I've enjoyed it tremendously. But um, my observations as a non-Catholic is that the Catholic Church politically has moved to the left. Politically. That's why you have at some Catholic universities now, it's like they're just bastions of leftist ideology, and I don't understand it. I don't understand how at some Catholic universities they invite pro-abortion, pro-abortion people to speak at their commencements, and they're proud of it, and they take the stance on illegal immigrants, open borders, They've bought into the whole social justice rifts that the liberals come out with, and then they complain that they're losing membership. A church, the church. I understand we're not supposed to be mean-spirited. I get that. But they're also supposed to be firm in what any teachings are, especially when they concern areas of good and evil. So... You had all these scandals going back with the pedophilia and also the, not just pedophilia, but in some cases, same-sex pedophilia in the church. You had all of this stuff that happened in the Catholic Church, all of these cases where children were being abused and where other people were being abused sexually. And that really hurt a lot of people's confidence in the leadership of the church And then you have this sort of wishy-washy approach to teaching teaching people that you should obey the laws of the country that you are in, and if you think that the laws are unjust, yes, you should work. We would have never had the civil rights and moral advances in this country if religious leaders had remained quiet. They stood up. They marched with Dr. King. They marched with people. They put, in some cases, their own lives on the line because they knew what was happening in America was unjust. So they spoke up for the right thing. So I am not going to be critical of people who think that they're standing up for the right thing. But at the same time, there is nothing in any sort of that, that says open borders is okay. I've never seen that in any doctrine of any religion that's, that says, oh, a country's not allowed to be a country. There should be open borders, and it's part of our religious duty to fight against border security. I've never seen that. I've never seen some of the things that the left and leftist people engaged in religion claim that abortions are okay. You just heard the, the Catholic Church teaching on that has been from the first century that it's not. From the first century. So I think, you know, you see a lot of people that say there's been a decline in religion and the United Organized Religion. 
Well, part of that's due to the people in organized religion. They gave up on their own teachings. And they went along with this political teaching. So what do you expect? People, a lot of people are going to look at that and say, well, hell no, I'm not going to be a part of that. Don't mean to be blasphemous with the hell no, but especially I have the language police out there looking after me. Right, Debbie? (laughs) Yeah, but heck no. I'm not going to be a part of that. These people are are leftists. They're bordering on socialists and commies. Why do I want to be a part of that? One of the things, if the institutions are going to do a self-correction, is to go back to basics. And the basics are what is right and what is wrong. And to stop supporting all of this irresponsibility and this anything-goes mentality that has taken over not only this country, but taken over the culture. And again, I am not saying that from the position of, ooh, I've been Mr. Perfect, and I've led the perfect life, so let me wag my finger at you. No, I've been irresponsible myself. And self-realization sometimes comes from looking at one's previous behavior and say, you know what, that was screwed up. Amazing. WABC Talk Radio 77, we're going to take a few more calls. We've also got some more news to uh, get through, and we're going to do that. In the next hour, our princess of policy, Diana Mee, who had to attend a royal function last week, rejoins us. And let us go to, before the break, Joe in Brookhaven, Welcome, you're on WABC Talk Radio 77, our Saturday morning radio extravaganza with James Golden. What's up? Good morning, Bo. How are you, sir? Good, thank Uh, you. Thank you you so much. Yes, thank you so much for covering this about this abortion and Pelosi being uh, not allowed to receive communion. Thank God it's 25 years too late. I want to, they did this to Dick Durbin, Illinois, the Archbishop, probably like 15, 20 years ago. He wouldn't allow him to receive communion. Now, the Pope, I'm feeling he's a commie. He was raised in Argentina. It's all about the money, number one. Uh, I got a lot of thoughts here. I'm sorry. God bless your mother. That woman gave you beautiful advice. God bless that woman. I love what you had to say about that. Women who give life are heroes. We need to go back to that. Canaan law says, and I'm not, this is a Catholic law, and I'm, I'm a heathen. Let me get you that I have 10 children, but I'm a heathen. All right, I am. Let's not mistake anybody. I'll tell you. My wife's a hero. My sister gave up her life in 1988. She went in. I took her into Sloan Kettering in Manhattan. She had three little babies. She was 27. I was 18. She ended up, thought she was rid of the cancer, came back. They told her to abort the child. She she said, my my little niece, now 30-something years old, a lawyer, corporate lawyer in Manhattan. She wouldn't. My sister wouldn't. She was five months pregnant. She said, no, she wouldn't do it. That's a hero to me. She didn't. My sister died a year later because she wouldn't start the chemo. She would not take the chemo. She wanted her to abort the child. That's a hero to me. Cain and Lord, anyone who advocates killing a life and succession to death, promotes it, should not be receiving the body of Christ. Biden is a heathen. He, and, and Kamala Harris is the biggest proponent of Planned Parenthood, the abortion factory. Kamala Harris, do, do not mistake it. And, and uh, I'm sorry, I never apologize for defending life. And I could go on and on, James, but I, don't, I'm, I know you got to go to break. 
Joe, thank you. And I do have to go to break. Thank you for your call, my friend. Always love hearing from you. Please call again. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Oh, we had a call on Edward Birdsong, and it went away. Oh, well. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here. Our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. And we will continue right after this. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Cool and the gang bring us back to hot. And it is going to be hot. A scorcher today, New Jersey, 100 degrees. New York City, upper 90s. That's JT. Let us head back to the telephones here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza with Susan from Brooklyn. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'll tell you what's hot, James Golden Pipes. You. You <laughs> are amazing. I can tell you, you, you've saved me from a nervous breakdown last week because you got Michelle Bachman on the phone to explain. I'm literally losing sleep over this. All the things you talked about today, life and death, and um I have listened to that interview and her podcast about the um, World Health Assembly meeting that is coming up the 22nd to the 28th. And if I may just um, say, um, and I, I am, you know, we said trust but verify. Well, I don't trust the Biden administration an inch. I trust Michelle Bachman's um, ability to explain this is a rather complex um, situation because it is, can I just say the two most important things that I Mm -hmm. think um, I've been hearing people talk about it um, this week, which is great. But to me, the bottom line is these two things. It's very important to understand that the amendments that are going to be voted on by 194 countries were to this 2005 treaty that we're involved in, which is um, the international health rules, that the 13 amendments that are being voted on were submitted by the Biden administration to make these changes. So they are advocating for this. Why else would they be putting it in? And that it, so we have an, a delegate. The U.S. has a delegate. I, I don't. I don't write at this moment. Know exactly who that individual is. We must find out who that is. But I, if, if my understanding is correct, 
it won't matter even if this person voted against it because this rule is going to go these amendments will be passed by a simple majority of the 194 countries and it was already stated that for at least 40 of the ones i won't repeat them but uh, are su supporting this which is kind of crazy the uk and i don't know about france but i heard um you know, the EU, uh, Norway, a lot of countries. Um, so if my math is correct, <laughs> that means a simple majority would be if 98 of the 194 countries um, passed this, even if our delegate folded, because I believe... Susan, let, let me that, stop you, because you're, there are a lot yeah. of people right now that are not following this, I can guarantee you. Let me just say this, Okay. What Susan Folks is talking about here is a meeting at the World Health Assembly, which is the quote-unquote parent of the WHO, the World Health Organization. There are a series of rules that are being voted on. What is at stake, a lot of people believe, is American sovereignty, that we are giving away, the Biden administration is giving away the ability for America to determine for itself what rules are being made in a pandemic and what will happen in, in other health emergency situations. Michelle Bachman has spoken to this. I want to have her back on next week. Tucker Carlson carried this. Susan, you were the first person that I heard about this from. I don't know where you heard it from first, but you were the first person that I heard about this from, and so I wanted to do some digging in it, and we did, and we ended up talking to Michelle Bachman, who explained it and who explained that this was, in fact, serious. During the week now, I have seen this finally start to pop up. It is not only popping up in conservative publications, media print publications, but also it's starting to pop up on television that this is an issue. So we are going to dig into it deeper, thanks to you, Susan, and we are going to find out what's really going on here. But let me just say this about some of the other things you said. We have in this country... We have not been following the Constitution, especially when it comes to treaties. The entire Paris framework that Obama accepted on climate change should have been thrown out because it was a treaty, not an agreement. The Kyoto Protocols, you remember, that's one of the reasons that it failed. They went to the Senate, didn't pass. What the left has been doing now, since they know that they cannot get 60 votes in the Senate for a treaty as per what the Constitution requires, is using agencies, and this is what Susan is talking about here, like the World Health Assembly. So we join these international bodies, and then we start pushing through treaty arrangements through these NGOs and through international bodies. This is how this Paris Agreement on Climate Change came about. Donald Trump got us out of this crap immediately when he came in office because it hurts the United States of America. As if Susan, Michelle Bachman, and everyone concerned about these World Health Assembly uh, amendments are concerned, if, if they are what we believe they are, they are also going to be harmful to America. But the problem is that we're not following the Constitution. We're not following the Constitution in that. These NGOs, these international organizations 
do not have a right constitutionally to enter into treaty arrangements with other nations. That is supposed to be cleared by the United States Senate. And why in the world the Republican Party will not bring this into a lawsuit stuns me. This should be what is in front of the Supreme Court of the United States. This is vital to United States national security in the long term. How can the United States government of the executive branch in, enter into treaty arrangements with other countries without going through the United States Senate? It is an abrogation of responsibility on Senate leadership that they do not press this as an issue. It is also an abrogation of party operatives who look at this stuff happening time after time after time and just say, oh, well, what the hell, we don't care. I guarantee you, if the leftists were opposed to anything like this, they would be all over this in court. There's no question they would be all over it in court. And they push it to the Supreme Court to make sure that these treaties abide by the Constitution, because that's what they are. They are treaties. Thank you so much, Susan. The Buffalo situation I want to talk about for a few minutes. We're going to get back. We have so many more calls. We're going to get back to the calls. But I want to talk about this Buffalo situation for a minute. Um, I mentioned during the week this top store in Buffalo. I'm within over 90% sure I've been in this particular top store. I was born in Buffalo, left Buffalo age one. My One of my auntie's houses was four blocks away on Laurel Street from uh, this Topps location. I know I've been in so many Topps, but I just can't say what 100% yeah, it was this one, but I it, it really has to be. So when I heard about this, it, it really just, you know, struck a nerve with me. Now, every almost liberal publication, including today Dana Milbank's sleazy column in the Amazon Prime Washington Post, has tried to make Elise Stefanik a villain that she supportedly uh, uh, is in favor of this replacement theory that the gunman there had is, is responsible for killing all these people because of this replacement theory. They've gone after Tucker Carlson, Howard Dean. I started to call him a name, and I'm going to avoid it. I do not want to call people names, but I'm going to tell you something. This Dean thing, I see the brand of Fox. He's talking about Fox News of being hate, anger, dishonesty, and now murder. That's the brand. That's the brand that the Murdochs have chosen to be their flagship. Rupert Murdoch has harmed this country more than any other human being in my lifetime. He and his family should never, should never have been given citizenship. The one thing I would like to change about our immigration policy is to send Murdoch back to Australia and keep him there with the whole family. Well, this is all in response to this Buffalo shooting and the so-called replacement theory. And the replacement theory is pretty much, in a nutshell, that that minorities are going to replace white people, and that's what 
people like Tucker supposedly and Elise Stefanik supposedly and Fox News supposedly have been pushing. Okay, the problem is it's not factual when it becomes any of it's not factual. The 18-year-old evil that was charged for the shooting in Buffalo revealed in his diary that he developed his radical beliefs on communities on 4chan and Reddit. Go to bizpackreview.com. Look at the story. Buffalo Shooter's personal diary is pretty clear about his sources of inspiration. Reddit and 4chan, these two online platforms. And even then, you know what? But, okay, so all of this talk trying to blame Tucker Carlson, this nonsense that Howard Dean came up with, trying to blame Fox and calling for a boycott of Fox News, this blame, this endless blame on Tucker Carlson. This is all political warfare being committed by the Democrat Party and by these liberals in the mainstream media like that pathetic Dana Milbank over at the Amazon Prime Washington Post. When we get back, let's talk about the replacement theory and where it came from. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, coming back on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza right after this. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on the air. 77 WABC. Power Station brings us back. WABC. Power Station, some like it hot. And it is hot today in New York, folks. 90 degrees. 80 degrees expected. In New Jersey, 100 degrees. 100 degrees. Some like it hot. All right, we talked about this this replacement theory that these Democrats are claiming that Tucker Carlson, Elise Stefanik, and others suddenly came up with. And what is this is such a big lie that is being spread in the leftist media. It is a sickening lie. You can go back for years, and we will in a short moment here and show you where this talk about minorities replacing whites and blah, blah, blah came from. This was gleefully touted by Democrats. Let us start, cut one, with Melissa Harris-Perry on the 
liberal, I would say giant, except they have no ratings, PMS NBC. Go. A change is coming to America. A change that may configure, reconfigure who we are and how we see ourselves. America is browning. In 2008, the Pew Research Center projected that by 2050, America will no longer have any single racial group that constitutes a majority. In other words, Pew projected that in a few short decades, white people will become a minority within the United States. That means that by 2050, the Latino share of the U.S. population could reach as high as 29 percent, African-Americans at 13 percent, and Asian-Americans up to 9 percent. That would equal a grand total of... 51 percent, no longer a minority. Pew's numbers and their timeline are not hard and fast certainties. They're projections based on immigration patterns, birth rates and current global and national trends. But they do point to a likely outcome, an America that is increasingly characterized by citizens who are not white. These data were released and the conversation about them became robust just as the presidential campaign of a young senator from Chicago was hitting its stride. As a result, the election of America's first black president became indelibly tied with a conversation about the browning of America. And that means this story is not just about demographics. This story is about politics. And the politics of the browning America have become both more complicated and more urgent in the years since Pew first told us that our country is changing. See? Replacement theory. That's it. That's Melissa Harris Perry herself, an African, a people of color. She's a people of color right there on PMSNBC. And did you hear that glee? Oh, oh, 51% minority. Oh, oh, we're going to be in charge. Okay. Next, let's go to the political wonderkin. Mr. Ezra Klein, who's so, this guy is is propped up as the next coming of, well, anyway, Ezra Klein, cut two, hit it. How a more diverse America makes you feel is is the core division in our political and cultural fights right now. But but to see why, you need to know how we're changing and and how a changing country Uh changes us. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Here's a big picture. The the, the U.S. is at a demographic tipping point, a genuinely historic moment. 2013, it was the first year that a majority of U.S. infants under the age of one were non-white. By 2016, white deaths had outnumbered white births. But America's overall population, it's not expected to decrease. And that's because the black, Asian, and especially Latino and mixed-race populations, they're also growing. They're growing fast. By 2045, the Census Bureau projects that non-Hispanic whites will no longer be a majority, and also that foreign-born residents will make up a record share of the population. So when you show people these numbers about how America is changing, what goes through their heads? What is their response? I think people are hearing um, these changes as somehow a fundamental remaking of what America is. At least a lot of people are hearing it, and some of them are excited about it, and some of them are not so excited. We see, on average, uh, white Americans, when they read about this majority-minority shift, becoming more politically conservative. Jennifer Richardson is a psychologist who studies how people react to demographic change. She won a MacArthur Genius Grant for this work. And and what she's found helps explain a lot of what we're seeing. All right, enough of this crap. That's enough. That's enough. Stop him. See, this is what they've been doing for years. That Ezra Klein thing was from 2018. The other one was back when Obama was running for office for president. 
These people have been talking about this gleefully for years, and all of a sudden, after a shooting in Buffalo, they claim, Republicans, those evil freaking Republicans, they're talking about America changing, about replacing, replacing white people, and that's what's got this little shooter all ticked off. They have been doing this for years. This is what they've been talking about. This is one of the reasons we have, dare I say it, Yes, I'm going to dare say it. This is one of the reasons they refuse to stop open borders. They want this. Why do you think, what other earthly reason do you think that we would have an argument over illegal entry into America? We have time for cut three. This is Kelly Wright. So today, the Census Bureau released long-awaited district-level data, setting off a redistricting battle, hanging in the balance, control of Congress and how people are represented in American democracy. Population equals power. Six states gaining House seats include Texas, Florida, Colorado, Montana, Oregon, and North Carolina. Now, those areas in the South and West have seen the fastest growth over the past three decades. These numbers could help determine control of the U.S. House in the 2022 elections and provide an electoral edge for the next 10 years. The data will also determine how $1.5 trillion in federal spending is distributed each year. Now, let's go to the next cut. Add the voice of Ben Chavis in there. You know him the radical that used to run the NAACP. And so he's with Kelly Wright. And these people keep saying Republicans don't want to talk about this replacement theory. Listen to this. Hit it. Now, historically, the census has undercounted black populations, especially black men and children. It is estimated that in 2010, the U.S. Census Bureau undercounted African-Americans by 2.1%. This miscount can be traced to America's racist roots where each enslaved African-American was counted as just three-fifths of a person. That's historical. But grassroots organizations pounded the pavement during the pandemic to get more of us to stand up and be counted. And it was difficult at best. (sighs) You see what they have been peddling for years. For years. They have been peddling this stuff. And let me just give you a little short history lesson on this three-fifths of a person business. From America's racist roots. Now, I am not going to ever say that it does not sound horrifically horrible that in our Constitution, black Americans were regarded as three-fifths of a human being. It sounds terrible. And that is a terrible statement. No question about it. Why? Why did it come into being? Does anybody know? Raise your hand if you know. Oh, I see some hands up there. It came into being because we set up our government, as you know, by population. And the number of black slaves that Democrats were holding in America during that time period would have meant that if there were a one-to-one population, that Democrats, slave-owning Democrat states, would have had an unequal, a disproportionate amount of the power in the newly formed America. The only way to limit the power of Democrat slave-holding states 
was to scale back the number of population of black folks. And that was the that was the mechanism that they used. Is it terrible? Yes. Was it done for a greater good? Yes. And again, it is always going to be terrible. Do not mistake me. But what was the purpose? The purpose was to limit the power and influence of Democrat slave-owning states. And yes, they were Democrats. And they owned the slaves. And they would have been in charge of this government. And who knows how much longer slavery would have gone on if these Democrats had not been limited in their power at the beginning of our country. That's how that happened. And as for this replacement stuff, it has been the Democrats that have been talking about this browning of America, the replacement of white folks. It is not, it is not at least Stefanik. It is not Tucker Carlson. It is not Fox News murderers, according to Howard Dean. It is the, the ancestors of the Democrat slave owners, the new Democrat plantation workers or overseers. It is the Democrats that have been doing this and talking about this political change gleefully for years. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdling. It is a Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We have another hour left. We have so many phone calls. We're going to get to as many phone calls as we can. So stay. If you're on hold, stay on hold. <sighs> Princess dies coming up in the next hour, too. Remember Larry Kudlow after this show. Keep it right here. WABC Talk Radio 77, crown jewel of American radio. We're coming back right after this. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And so soon, here we are, hour number three. It just goes by so fast. WABC Talk Radio 77, if you want, on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza, 800-848-WABC, is the number to call, 800-848-9222. Okay, we we have uh, Princess Di coming up this hour, and we also have a lot of your calls that are going to come up and... Some of the other news of the day. Here's a news story. Not political. The FDA. You know how much you trust the FDA, don't you? The FDA is warning that a popular avocado hack could be breeding salmonella. And you folks that love avocados, there's a viral hack that's going on. And, you know, when you buy avocados and you wait too long, it turns into that ugly brown mush. Well, there's on TikTok, the commie uh, social platform that many Americans use, there's a hack, and some TikTokers are calling it magic. And I'm saying this as a warning not to try it. Up front, we are not advocating it. This is a news story. The hack involves 
submerging whole avocados in water, storing them in the refrigerator. Supposedly keeps the fruit fresh and green for up to a month. But the FDA is warning that this hack can harbor and breed harmful bacteria, including salmonella. So their advice, don't try this at home. The FDA does not recommend this practice. The main concern is with the possibility that any residual human pathogens that may be residing on the avocado surface may potentially multiply during the storage when submerged in water. And that was research that they conducted after this hack started to go viral. Now, you may recall that last week we talked about a case in Wisconsin, the Keele Area School District, where a boy was charged with sexual harassment because he refused to use a pronoun of a single student who decided she wanted to be called a they or them, and he he didn't do it, and he was charged with sexual harassment by the school. It's a, it's a little bit long, more of a story than that. She was trying to bully another student, and he told the other student, look, you don't have to do this. You don't have to call her they, them. Well, the Biden administration is working to expand the meaning of sex in Title IX. Title IX, federal <clears throat> Title IX. And that would allow the Department of Education to redefine sex to mean gender identity and sexual orientation. If Biden and the Democrats get their way on this, these kind of lawsuits could be just multiplying out the wazoo. Where somebody says, oh, you didn't call me they, them, them, they, this, that, or the other, and they're dragged into court for sexual harassment. Now, let me just say this about all of that. I do believe that people have the right to call themselves whatever they want to call themselves. You want to call yourself something? Fine. You want to be a they, them? Okay, you're a they, them. But this is where I think there's a lot of intolerance. There was an article, um, I think it was either in uh, the Amazon Prime Washington Post in New York or New York Times this week about how the... LGBTQ activists, the or the old-time activists, are now worried that there's going to be a new wave of intolerance, that they made so much progress. Some of them said, um, one of them said in, in the opening paras, paragraphs of the story that they never expected same-sex marriage to be um, uh, accepted the way it was in their lifetime. It has been, but now they're worried because of all these issues over transgenderism. There was also, there is also a story that is in the Daily Mail today, I don't have it in front of me right now, about a skateboarder who came in second place behind a transgendered male skateboarder, and she's had it. She's like, look, I should have been first place. I should have won the the earnings that came with a first place finish, and she's speaking out against it. And the the folks that run that sport aren't, and she's just outraged that she and other females, biological females, 
are being usurped. Of course, there's pushback on that from some people who say, hey, just compete better. Stop whining. But I, this is where I agree with the LGBTQ activists. I don't want to see us revert into more disunity over this. But that's going to involve not, it's going to involve some tolerance from the LGBTQ community. You know, it's one thing to say that people should be treated fairly and equally. I agree with that by all means. And any of you that know this show know that I also do not, do not dispute the idea of dysphoria. I have said many times, I'll say it again, I understand it. It is real. I believe it is a real thing. I am not for... Uh, for for discriminating against people who suffer for dysphoria from dysphoria. I think adults should be free to make their own decisions whether to have uh to 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 medically, scientifically transgender. I, I, that's your life. You do as you need to do to make you happy. I don't take any issue with that. And I don't believe people should be mistreated either, ever. I think we all need to to respect, of course, uh, uh, people and give a wide berth to people. But here's where we need tolerance. You can think what you want to think, but why are you going to try to make me think and say it? You want me to respect you? You respect me. Respect my freedoms. Respect respect the way that I think. There are many people <clears throat> who think that there are two sexes. That's the way they brought up. That's what their religious convictions are. Why are you going to make them try to comport to your way of thinking? Even if you think they're wrong. Now, by the way, I have been doing a lot of reading on this subject, and i tell you what, I'm still learning things. I did not know, for instance, and it embarrasses me that I didn't know. I knew that about hermaphrodites, the, the, the people that suffer from being a hermaphrodite, I knew about that. But I did not know, and again, I'm really embarrassed about it that I didn't know, that there are people who are, are born and their gender isn't clear when they are born. That for some reason, their their sexual organs cannot be determined to be either male or female. I did not know that that is a thing. And it is also real. And in fact, I've been reading more and more about this, and it is not as uncommon as many of us think. What is uncommon, though, is for people to acknowledge it. The doctors, what they one of the case histories of this that I was reading, the doctors told the parents, look, don't you tell anybody about this. When the you when your child gets older, we should start to see where the gender is is leaning. And at that point, we can do surgery, we can do whatever. But the doctors were urging that people that 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 were afflicted like this because they were afraid that the the, the child would be ridiculed and would be a, an outcast. 
And so that's real. And so I said to myself after I read a few of those articles, well, so this gender thing, binary, male, female, in some cases there were people born who are neither male or female. They don't know what they are yet scientifically. Biologically, they don't know because of a condition at birth. And and hermaphrodites go through some issues too. So this isn't just as cut and dried as I thought it was, certainly. But at the same time, for the LGBTQ activists to demand that people adopt this them-they stuff is ridiculous. You are not going to ever persuade people if you try to bludgeon them with your demands the way that people are being bludgeoned to accept a change in their language and a change in their thinking. We need tolerance on all sides, and it is about time that the left learns some tolerance too. People that are brought up here have a, every right, and this, um, this nation was founded on the idea of religious freedom. We forget that sometimes. And that means that people here who believe in, in their religious teachings should not be held up to ridicule, should not be called bigoted, and all these other things because they have a set of beliefs. Tolerance is a two-way street. It is not a one-way street. And so while I can agree with the LGBTQ activist that I don't want to see things go backwards, I think it is time for the LGBTQ activist to take some responsibility and start trying to tamp down this, this notion that the American public has to be radicalized and bullied into changing how they speak and how they think about things. Again, I think everybody should be treated with respect, love, and kindness. James Golden, Bo Snurdly, Saturday morning, radio extravaganza. When we come back, the one, the only, the princess, our America's princess of policy, Princess Di. Don't go away. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. She is back, ladies and gentlemen, from her royal furlough. (laughs) The highly secretive royal mission where she was consorting with other royalty. Well, I'm I'm, I'm letting on too much information. I think there was a royalty conference somewhere in the world. All the royalties got together and decided what the new edicts are going to be for the peasants. And Princess Di was there, and now she's here. She's back. Princess Di, welcome. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm so happy to be back, and I'm glad that you still have my music going. That is really appreciated. You're quite welcome, Your Highness. <clears throat> yeah, I got the I got the heads up from your Secret Service detail. You play the music or you die. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyway, oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Arkansas. Um, <laughs> okay, let's talk about something serious. 
If you are not lucky enough to be breastfed in America, or if you're not coming in as an illegal immigrant and sent to a detention center, you, as an American baby, having escaped the womb, may have difficulty being fed. That is because there is a, has been a baby formula, formula shortage. And apparently, now we're being told today that, oh, we've got this under control. Oh, good folks at Abbott want to be making some baby formula again, so you people shut up about it. Two weeks, three or four weeks, maybe four weeks, five weeks, you're going to have some more formula, so shut up. What's going on, Diana? I have to tell you, this story has infuriated me, not only because of the facts, which will summarize, but because of the media lies about it. It is. I am fit to be tied about this story. I first started following it weeks ago when I read a line in one article where it said, no one knows why this plant in Sturgis, Michigan, Abbott, in, uh, Abbott Nutrition, it's called, which is the largest formula um, manufacturer in the United States. And the news article says no one knows why it's still shut down. And it said the FDA is blaming Abbott and Abbott is blaming the FDA. So I started looking into it and I started following it. And the media, 100 percent of the articles are hiding the fact that this is an FDA generated shortage. 100 percent. It is the responsibility of the of the Biden agency that has shut it down. And every single article hides that fact and also hides the fact that that this is still the case as of today when you and I are talking. I, I am spitting mad about this because there are children, infants now, who've been hospitalized because they can't get the specialty formula. One of the things that Abbott makes is Similac, which is a right. very commonly used baby formula product. And uh, just to summarize that in there were, uh, was, were some infections, they I found out after many, many, many weeks of re- research that the infections were between September 16, 2021 and January 4th. There were uh, six infants who became sick. Sadly, two of them died. And so the FDA did the investigation and came up with the nexus they thought that they then investigated from the formula from that had been manufactured from this one plant. So in February, Sturgis plant in uh, Abbott Nutrition in Sturgis recalled those particular formulas. And at the same time, February 17th, the FDA shut the plant down. And it turns out there was a whistleblower and so you you got the red flags going who sent a letter to Rosa Delora and he was a fired employee who had been fired for cause and he now he then found his way of getting revenge this is my summary and wrote a list of all of the problems in this one particular plant supposedly so based on the pressure from the whistleblower the FDA acted on even though the CDC did an investigation and found out there was no relationship whatsoever between the infants who died, the particular kind of infection, and Abbott 
nutrition. None. Turned out there was some distilled water that these infants used that had that particular strain. So the FDA shut down this plant that provided 40% of the formula for the United States of America and is keeping it shut down. There is all kinds of news reporting that hides this fact. They're, oh, they're negotiating. Oh, the, the Abbott uh, company is, you know, doing this on purpose because they're greedy. All the news media is blaming Abbott. And Abbott is running through hoops, jumping through hoops, replacing the floor, doing all kinds of things now that the FDA is coming up with. Well, you can't open up until you do X, Y, and Z. They're trying to do everything. And they have warned that even when they're given the green light, which they haven't been given the green light by the FDA, it's going to take weeks to get that product to the right. shelf. Right. They're saying it'll take six to eight weeks before before they're able to distribute formula once the plant is reopened. Yes. And and have you noticed that in all the reporting, you never get the bad guy, the, the villain in this story being the FDA? They're the ones who've decided that it's always blamed. Well, well, Abbott is closed down. Abbott has closed down. It's really muddy language. So they obscure the fact that this is a Biden government decision to close this down without any plan B, they shut this down, they pulled the plug, and a couple of other interesting facts, that WIC purchases 50% of all formula in the United States. And so a lot of the consumer is the government, first of all, of this product. The government is then putting the regulations on this company, and the government is shutting down every single strike being pulled on this particular problem is the government. And it's one of these things that if had the public been aware, I can hardly speak, I'm so mad about it, because if the public knew who was responsible, they'd be able to put some pressure on the right people. And right now you've got mothers who are desperate, who are losing sleep because they can't get their specialty formula. The other thing the FDA is doing is saying to mothers, don't try and come up with a plan B. Don't do it yourself, right. Yes, don't do the substitutions that that our mother's generation used in the 50s. These are known formulas that were known to work. Pediatricians prescribed it when when our mothers were, were having children. Oh, no, you can't use that. You can't use the formula that's shut down. It's not in any shelves. So the only thing you should be doing is breastfeeding, which, of course, is the most ideal thing, but some women can't. Or there's cannot some health do reason it. their baby right. cannot tolerate. There's, there's many reasons why this product is used and it's a decision that mothers make with their doctors and the pro-choice community is not defending this for some reason. Oh no, we have to basically shuttle women. I would love all women to breastfeed because that is the ideal way, but sometimes it's just not possible. And there are a lot of babies who are suffering right now because of the Biden FDA. Well, one of the things that we know that I am just outraged about on all of this is that, ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know this, and we talked to her during the week too, Kat Kat McCammick from Florida, the Florida representative, and she told us and gave us the lowdown on what is happening here, that that the immigration 
facilities that house illegal immigrants are stocked to the rafters with pallet upon pallet of baby formula. So, and that is to accommodate those that were expected to come in from the surge after Joe Biden and his administration got rid of Title 42. And so they have been doing some pre-planning and making sure that they have enough baby formula for illegal immigrants, while American citizens do not have enough baby formula for their own children. And the reason that that came to light is that some of our Border Patrol agents were outraged because their own children and grandchildren could not get baby food and baby formula while we have an overflow supply of baby formula waiting, not being used, so that it will be ready when illegal immigrants come into the country. Yes, and it gets worse. It gets worse because one of the reasons there's this shortage is that the FDA has these rules that you cannot import formula from other countries because of the iron content. It's a labeling issue. So now the Biden administration is leaping into action. They're invoking the Defense Production Act and they're they call it Operation Fly Formula. They're flying Mm -hmm. on planes, formula from Europe. But here's the thing. Formula from Mexico does uh, comport with the American rules. And they won't let it in. Mexico, Mexico, they're letting in people. But instead, uh, they're giving American formula to people coming through Mexico, the, the illegal immigrants. But they're not importing the Mexican formula, which would be perfectly fine. So they're, this is what I'm saying there. This is the turn of the screw, the turn of the ratchet. They are deliberately causing, there's no other innocent explanation in my view that this is deliberately being caused. Now, there's no other word for that than an evil. Anyone who would do such a thing no, and shut down the biggest uh, formula producer in the United States without having first put in place this pl- some plans of actions. So now what they're doing is the government is taking over the production of baby formula in the United States. That is what is happening. Biden is in charge of running baby formula, and, and they're going to have equitable dis- distribution, first of all. So now that means because whenever this sort of central planning goes into effect, it means scarcity, 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 scarcity. So there is no good outcome for this around the corner, even when Abbott gets the quote unquote green light from our wonderful FDA. There's no guarantee that this is going to be fixed as a problem for months and months and months. And and me, this is um, an emergency at the primal level. And I say that as someone who has a new grandchild on the way. This is something that is a, a life or death situation for many, many families. And the fact that all of a sudden, you know, a week ago, the Biden administration sort of sleepily kept, oh, we should do something about it for, you know, a while. They weren't even responding to questions about this shortage. They were blaming right. everybody else but themselves. I feel yeah, better having so- told you this. Thank you, and I'm glad you do. And I will just add another note. We're sending $40 billion to Ukraine 
and we can't send baby formula where it's needed in America. Right. Exactly. Princess Di, right. thank you. Thank you as always. Very enlightening. And boy, you do your homework and you come up with details of the details that you came up with, with here, Princess Di. I have heard nowhere else. Nowhere else. Not They're on the media. It. That's nowhere why. else. It takes somebody who who has time to really look deep into the local reporting, which is the only place you get the truth. You don't get it from the national media. So I think this story needs to be talked about and covered investigated and of course the media isn't about to do it so thank you so much for letting me talk about it thank you james golden aka bo sterling with you our princess die we are so glad to have her we're coming back saturday morning radio extravaganza more and more of your calls right after this talk radio 77 wabc entertaining and informative James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. WABC. Talk Radio 77 in New York City. It is going to be 100 degrees in some of the areas in our tri-state area. 90 degrees and upper 90 degrees. Among the other areas. So that is pretty hot stuff. We want to make sure to stay hydrated, stay cool, and check in on your elderly friends and neighbors. Donna Summer. Bring us back. Let's head to the telephones. Christine in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome. How are you, Christine? Hi. Good morning, Mr. Snurdy. Hi there. Um, you just brought up something about the LBGTQ community, and um, I gotta tell them. I gotta tell them to tone down their rhetoric. I, is those who are on the left side of the aisle that cause us most of the problems? <laughs> hmm. And you say that as a member of the LGBTQ community, correct? Yes, because um, well, when you transition to be when you're transgender woman, you are a second class citizen, and then when you are a conservative trans woman, you are a third class citizen. <laughs> wow. So, are you afraid too? Though, I mean, again, I referenced that story because. The activists are saying, look, we are worried now with all this stuff that's going on. And by the way, there are there are more and more states that are saying that, look, we're not going to have uh, women competing with transgendered women on the same sports team. We have the story today about the skateboarder. We've had, of course, the swimmer, Leah, whatever her name is, his yeah. name, her name. Uh, the only, name, the right. only thing I'll say to that is I do play a sport. We do have rules to follow. But I'm in favor of what USA Swimming did. USA Swimming significantly uh, tightened up the rules to make them more stringent. And those, in order to play, we have um, to have our doctors send in our uh, testosterone level results. I mean, one does not just go right from the doctor's office to the playing field. Um, USA Swimming made the rules stringent, and I would just like to be one to say, hey, let's have every sport adopt their rules. Let's see how it goes. Or we just totally ban everything. Because if they do that, you'll see the high school and college um, 
trans females from playing because the wait time is longer. Okay, got it. And um, I well, believe that there mm-hmm. only are two genders, too, which is <laughs> not these multiple-type no. genders, too. Wow, and you say that having transitioned. Christine, thank you. It is always a pleasure to hear from you. Appreciate your call. Have a great weekend, sir. Okay, thank you so much. I understand we have an attorney on the line. He ran against Letitia James for New York's AG. And Keith Wolford is on the line. We were talking about treaties and so forth, and I got a text from him. Uh, Keith, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Bo. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. So was I off the deep end when I was saying that these things, for instance, these agreements that are being made, like this WHO agreement and the Paris Accord, my issue with them is that, to me, these represent treaties, and they should go through the United States Senate. And I don't understand for the life of me why the Republican Party will not sue when these things are, are lifted up. We should not have these NGOs and these other agencies making treaties when that power belongs to the United to the executive branch, and they have to be constitutionally ratified by the United States Senate. So there's kind of a backdoor, Bo. There, it, there's something called executive agreements that are on par with treaties constitutionally. But there is a bit of a fight out there as to when they have to be treaties that are ratified by the Senate versus when they can just go forward without that ratification. And part of the problem is people don't know who can sue. And there's this obscure doctrine called standing. I mean, look, the problem you have, Bo, is right which is you got people getting these liberals get on planes over to Europe, they get on their jets, they, they drink their champagne, and they come back to America with all sorts of bad ideas that the wrong president tries to put in as the force of federal law through these executive agreements. And you're right. We've got to go back to Congress and, and figure out how to put some guardrails around this because it is, as I said, a backdoor or a loophole in my view and in many people's view. Hmm. Now, what about this? What about the climate change to me, this was just blatant. This was a blatant end run around Congress, this so-called Paris Agreement, the Paris Accord. Well, look, I, I think there's going to be potentially a subsequent legal challenge on that. The real issue about treaty versus executive agreement, ratification versus not, is whether these executive agreements have to fall into some area where the president traditionally had a clearly delineated power to enter into an agreement or whether it effectively is like a regulation or a law in the U.S., where it effectively would have to be a treaty. Uh, but again, this is going to have to get fought out in courts, or ideally legislation from Congress that would clarify the issue and put some guardrails around it. Well, I don't see any chance of that happening any soon, because that would require Republicans. This will require globalist and establishment Republicans to grow a pair and actually put this up, and they don't want to do that because it defeats their own ability to 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 see the kind of deals being made that should not be made. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, just but, very cynical whether we'll whoa, ever see that whoa. happen. <laughs> well, now that people are understanding how everyday people are getting beat up, the price of gas goes up, you know, the price of running a small business goes up because people off in Switzerland come up with some lousy ideas. Maybe that'll resonate with Congress and they'll take some action on this. Okay. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Keith Wolford, always great to have you and talking with your legal expertise. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Hey, thanks, Bill. WABC Talk Radio 77.
We're going to take as many calls as we can before we get out of here. Let's go to New Jersey and Gene. Gene, thank you for holding. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Gene? Hello, Gene. Well, Gene is not there. Let us go to Westchester and to talk with Nancy. Nancy, thank you for waiting. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. How are you, Nancy? Oh, I'm doing great, and uh, I just want to thank you for being such a, a breath of fresh air. And uh, I'm drinking oh, hot you. coffee today, just like you. Um, mm-hmm. What I want to talk about, <laughs> I love the hot coffee, but um, Me too. I was going to talk about how, um, you know, lately nobody is really talking about adoption. And I think that, um, you know, I'm around your age, and I remember the 60s idealism. Uh, with people, and I know that the Clintons thought those ways, that you had to give everybody a chance. But I think that if, you know, with all the rhetoric that's going on in the past two weeks, if they would open a, a national conversation about how there are many people waiting for adoption and also to support people emotionally who would do it, they would, you know, um, use that as their choice. But I think that they're just not getting supported um, emotionally. Well, you know, um, let me, you just reminded me of something. I don't know whether you remember back in the days, Tom DeLay of Tom, the, the Hammer DeLay. Tom DeLay was a big proponent of adoption. So was Michelle, um, so was Michelle Bachman. And in fact, I believe Michelle has, has well, I'm going to let her talk about that when she joins us. I'm going to see if we can get Michelle on the show next week. Um, and so there have been plenty. And, and, and by the way, Philip Bailey, his whole foundation is dealing with foster children, children that are in the adoptive um, environment, and they're transitioning out of it to become independent adults. That's what his foundation, um, Philip Bailey was with us yesterday from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Philip Bailey's foundation deals with that. Music is Unity, I believe, is the name of the foundation. Um, and so there are efforts to talk about it, but not maybe as much as we should, Nancy. And so I really do appreciate you bringing that up. That is, And definitely, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, adoption is going to become even more important to the national landscape than it is today. And today it is still very important. So thank you for bringing that up, Nancy. Yeah, can I say one more thing? Um, you know, I remember the Clintons talking about uh, safe, legal, and rare, but whatever happened to rare? <laughs> oh, no, just, I don't think you're right. It was it was talk. They never meant a word of that. And we're still a free never... country. We're not North Korea, and we're not China. So people can, you know, make that choice. And uh, anyway, thank you for taking my call, Nancy. Thank you for calling. Love you, darling. Call us back. Let us go to uh, Mike in Patchogue, New York. Mike, how are you? Thank you for waiting, and thanks for being on. Uh, thanks, James. I love you. Uh, love you. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just want to, I have a, I, as a, from a man's point of view, I have a personal connection with this abortion issue. Uh, 20 years, of, 20, 20 years, uh, almost 21 years ago, exactly to the day. Uh, how to have a little power out my house with my daughter to be my future son-in-law, who we didn't know was going to be, and his mom and my wife sitting there discussing 
my daughter's sudden pregnancy while she was in the third year of college. And at that point, um, other mom, his mom, says, Brooke, well, I shouldn't say my daughter's name, you have alternatives. Yeah, and I and we, my wife and I said, okay, yeah, there's only one alternative. But I just wanted to just let you guys know that I spent a great week with my alternative three and a half weeks ago <laughs> visiting them up in college. So, uh, you know, really, people really just need to get intellectually, intellectually honest with the fact that these are human beings. These are your grandchildren. These are your children. These are your nieces and nephews. But you know what? I, that's, that was my, my point of view. That If we could get these people just to be intellectually honest and not calling it a thing, a zygote, an embryo, it's a human being. We all, we all started that way. It's a human being. It's, it's God's creation. But, but after hearing that young lady earlier in your show, I think my argument's out the window now. I don't have an argument. You can't talk to these people. Now, you, could, it, you could kill a two-year-old child. Well, it's insanity. Yeah, because it's a woman's right to choose. It's insanity. You're right, Mike. Yeah, Mike, you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, what well, a great... Thank what you. A... <laughs> thank you, Mike. What a great call. Appreciate you, Mike, from Patchogue. Let us take a break. WABC Talk Radio 77. When we come back, we're going to continue with calls. We are almost... Wow. These are... the, the hours just fly by. On our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, remember Larry Kudlow comes up next, and you'll want to keep it here all day long, all night long. Music Radio, 77 WABC Tonight with Cousin Brucey. WABC James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, right back after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on the air. 77 WABC. Loving spoonful. Bring us back 100 degree heat in New Jersey today. 90 degrees here in other places in the tri-state area. 80s, 90s, 100. Summer's here, folks. Check in with your elderly neighbors. Make sure they're cool. Make sure they're all right. Make sure you stay hydrated, especially if you're going on long walks or something like that. Boy, this story caught my eye, and we're going to head back to the telephones, but i got to get this in. It's sad. This is a really sad story. It's bad. Texas police are hunting for a 34-year-old yoga teacher. Yoga teacher. Why? Well, she's accused of shooting dead. The leading U.S. gravel bicyclist dubbed the winningest woman in America because this bicycle lady had a brief relationship with her boyfriend. Caitlin Armstrong has not been seen since May 13th, two days after the murder of Mariah Wilson, 25, who was found covered in blood at a friend's home in East Austin, Tejas, on May 11th. An arrest warrant has been issued for Armstrong, a yoga teacher, teaches yoga, who remains on the run. She's on the lam. 
And Miss Armstrong, the yoga teacher, has deleted all of her social media accounts. Her boyfriend, a, another professional bicyclist, had a brief romantic relationship with the yoga teacher in October. He and his girlfriend were on a little break. After the woman and, and found out about it, the girlfriend he got back together, she found out about the little fling, and boy, oh boy, yoga teacher, yikes. Here's another uh, a story out of Tejas that is just, to me, miserable. Oklahoma City authorities have arrested and charged eight individuals after a 15-year-old Texas girl was allegedly trafficked from a Dallas Mavericks game. At the American Airlines Center, April 8th, the girl went to use the bathroom, never returned, gone 10 days. She was finally located at an extended stay America Hotel in Oklahoma City. Eight people have now been arrested. And here's one of the kickers in this. This happened in Dallas, but the Dallas Police Department never opened an investigation into the case, despite multiple pleas from the victim's family. The father says, my daughter was missing in Dallas. This is a Dallas case. They refused to open a case for I don't understand that at all. Some of the people that were arrested are uh, charged with human trafficking, engaging in prostitution. Uh, one of the other was charged with rape, so apparently this poor girl got raped. It's just a horrific story. I mean, 15 years old at a basketball game and gets and – gets, what – is there anywhere safe in any major city in the United States of America anymore? Let us go to Forest Hills. Is it Je- Jeff and Forest Hills, Queens? WABC, run with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's Jeff. Yeah, man, listen, like, I think people are pressured to back them to the corner of the street. You know, you, people tied with corporations, people are tied with their companies, pizza shops, car owners, dealerships. If they voice what they really feel, which I think they're against this transgender hocus pocus, because you agree in mutilation? You're a woman. You're a man. You want to have your, your genitals cut off because you really think you're a woman? You're going to rock that? No. No, 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 no. I think the gay stuff, okay, it was acceptable. You said, okay, people are gay, fine. Me personally, look, I don't, I don't want to be with another man. I, I think women are beautiful, but you know what? Fine, okay. Now, they, the transgender tags on. It's like a Democratic COVID bill. Now the transgender jumps on with the gays. Oh, that's okay. If you're against it, you're a hater. If I had this conversation, like I told your call screener, if I had this conversation with you in my office, right, an earshot of other people in the office, I tell you what, there's a good chance I'm not coming back after lunch. I'm there probably yeah, five there on the spot. Okay? They, because they why? Would I'm be, but let me just say, I believe in. No, it's not you just know? that you're voicing something that you're believing in. And, and hear me with this, and I'm not trying to attack you. I'm just saying the way you're voicing it could be considered problematic. Here's the thing. You dismiss other people and what they're going through so dismissively. Like, oh, if they get this cut off, da da da. If they, I don't, I'm not. Look, you don't have to buy it for your life. And that's fine, Jeff. And I get that. You know, you don't have to believe but, it. You, you don't think that. But, they but move hold the on. Post, Bo. Hold, but, Bo, they keep okay, moving I get the goalpost. You know, they put it okay, right in front of our face. You got guys kissing on commercials, <laughs> and then they put this HIV drug out that, oh, you know what? If you get it, it's okay because we got a drug now you can take. 
Really? Would they do that with COVID? They want us to mask up with COVID. They tell, I just They've don't get done it, it with COVID. The vaccines. Yeah. What do you think the vaccine? But, but Jeff, saying, but hear me I'm, out. Jeff, I'm listening to you. Give me the respect of listening to me, okay? Jeff, here's what I'm saying. You, because of your body, your mindset, you don't have any clue what it's like living inside a body that you don't that you hate. That's dysphoria. I'm telling you now, I can understand it a little bit from personal experience. I don't like looking at myself in the mirror anymore, but I'm working on that with the trainer. Um, the thing is that we can be dismissive of other people, but it's the way that we react to them. Now, now I I hear what you're saying with moving the goalposts, and that's one of the things that I'm saying very plainly. No, we don't have to go along with this them they thing. They don't people don't have the right to tell you how you should speak. But at the same time, if you want respect as you deserve as a human being, we need to give respect to people that live far different lives than we do. We may never understand them. We may never get it. And I'm not saying that you have to adopt their philosophy. Not at all. But we need to stop being so judgmental of each other. If that's what they're experiencing in their lives, and that's a decision that grown adults make for themselves, it's not our business. That's their business. That's all I'm saying. Just treat them with respect. And by the way, that should, they should treat you with respect, too. Don't tell you how you should be saying this or that, or you have to say them, they, or any of that stuff. That's my they point. They do. They're trying to lock. They're trying to get you changed. I up. know. Just, every time they turn around. I know. That's, oh. that's why I said that, Jeff. That's why I said that. But we got to start. We got to be, look, you're not going to change other people's behavior. The only people's behavior we can change is our own. And that's why I'm saying we need to at least be the ones to respect people and where they're coming from, whether we agree with that lifestyle or not. Glenn Howard Beach, thanks for the call, Jeff. Appreciate you, bro. Glenn, how are you? What's up, my brother? Listen, with last time we talked, I know I'm late on the phone. We talked about Queens College, John McLaughlin, Aldemiola, and Paco Delochia. You, I think it's not. It wasn't Mahavishnu. Well, that concert I wasn't at. I was at the concert when John McLaughlin was playing with Mahu Vishnu at Queens College, and man, exactly. they lit it up. And the, the, they the lit concert it up. I'm talking, the concert I'm talking about, Al Demiola came out, then John McLaughlin, and have you ever heard of Paco Delucia? He's a flamingo guitarist. If you haven't, no, have, I'm not hip you, to him. Paco Delucia. He recently passed away. He sits there with his legs crossed. With a flamingo guitar, the guy is out of his mind. It's that good. So they all had their one set at Queens College, and then they all came back and did it together. Al Demio, John McLaughlin, and Paco, they, they raised the roof. They raised the roof. Oh, man. There's got to be a recording of that somewhere. I'm going to try to track that down. Glenn, thank you so very and much. I love Tony. you, and I think, I think you're very great. Thank you, Glenn. I love you, too. I love my music, my music, folks. Tony, North Brunswick, New Jersey. Time's running out. I want you to get to your point really quickly if you can. Um, 
hi, Bo. Um, I wanted to just sit and say about the woman who was talking about abortion, where that it was her right just to get rid of a kid that uh, she didn't want there. I, I just want to remind everybody out there, if, if you are a true believer, that uh, life is is the creation of God, and children are a gift from God there. And just like any gift that we have, um, that gift should be cherished and put into a special place, preferably the heart, if you're asking me there. So I, I think that God gives us uh, the right for us to choose, and I'm not going to take that away from anybody else there. But just to understand there, I, nobody out there, they give birth to children there, but that life created by God there. And that's why we should respect God's creation and insult anybody else because of that there. And we should definitely respect uh, life that God has created there. It's, 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 it's divine. It's, it's perfect in every way. We are imperfect humans. I love you, Bo. You always end your program with love there. So I love you. You have a great day. Thank you, Tony. Wow. You brought a smile to my face, man. I just love, I love hearing from you. You know, love hearing from everybody on this show, even people we don't agree with. You know, and and what better way to end up with a thought like that, uh, Tony? Uh, Joanne, I'm sorry we couldn't get you. It's just time. We just ran out of time and, and everybody else on hold. Um, sorry we couldn't get to as many calls. We we tried. We got to a lot of calls today. But uh, sadly, time is here for us to say goodbye. Always a sad moment for me. And let's end with love. Like our caller said, right? God's creation. Wow. Aren't we lucky to be a part of that? An amazing thing when you think about it. Now, this is James Golden. It is our Saturday radio extravaganza. Thanks for being a part of it. We'll be here next Saturday, and we'll be back Monday at 4 o'clock for Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Love, love, love. Stay cool in the heat. Look after your neighbors. Look after yourself. May God bless each and every one of you and protect each and every one of you and your families. Thanks to my crew. You are the best. And we'll see you Monday. Bye. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.